All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What is going on? Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live, a Tuesday, March 7th edition. He's former NHL netminder Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing? Just feeling black and bleak in post-deadline mode. Black shirt, black hat. Let's bring it today. Come on. Uh, yeah, I'm deciding not to <laughs> just, black, but, uh, Dude, I'm just playing around. Yeah, it kind of feels around, like man. my soul after the trade deadline. I need some sleep. Either that or the bags under my eyes. I'm still... Uh, Still kind of recovering, so I feel like I got hit in the face by a two-by-four over the last number of weeks. Yeah. But let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's talk about that because we've still got a few deadline topics to wrap up, and that is when you take a look, Mike, at some of the players that were added for mid- to late-round picks over the deadline period, and there were lots of them, who stands out to you as a sneaky deadline addition, someone that you think can make a bigger impact than the price that was paid for him? You know, I really like uh, the Minnesota Wild picking up Oscar Sundquist. And, you know, for a fourth-round pick to be able to get a player whose salary isn't very high, didn't cost a lot, essentially Sundquist is supposed to come in and replace Jordan Greenway on that third line, play alongside Marcus Foligno and Frederick Gaudreau. And he's going to be a lot to handle down below the goal line, man. This is a heavy player who is capable of playing center. I think he's going to factor on the wing more so for the Wild. But he's got a reputation of being someone who not only plays hard, 
but is a great teammate, knows how to win. He was a Stanley Cup champion with the St. Louis Blues uh, back in 2019. And if you talk to anybody who played with him on that team, they'll all say how important he was, how versatile Sunquist was for the Blues. He can skate, man. 6'3", 220, he can fly. And even this year in Detroit, he did play a decent amount of penalty kill. He averaged a minute, about a minute per game there. And you can stick him in front of the net on the power play if you're looking for somebody to stand in front, take the goalie's eyes away, tip some pucks. So I think Sunquist looks like a great pickup for Minnesota. He has experience. And I think Bill Guerin hit a home run with that deal. Okay, so I'm going to give you a hot take and say that he's not even the best player that the Wild added for a fourth-round pick at the deadline. I would say that would be John Klingberg. When you, you take a look at the price paid for Klingberg relative to uh, Sunquist and some others, the fact that they were able to get him essentially for a fourth-round pick is still pretty impressive. But to me, that's not the sneaky deadline addition. People were all over the Carolina Hurricanes saying, Mike, they didn't do enough during the deadline period. This is a team that took a flyer on Yessa Pugliarvi, and for me, I think Shane Goss's pair adding a 50-plus point defenseman this season for basically just a third-round pick in 2026. Like, 2026, half this team might not even be here by the time that pick is made. And Goss's pair steps immediately into the Carolina Hurricanes lineup. Sunday, three points all on the power play. And you look at his impact on the score sheet, not just there, but... Also think when you, you take a look at that Carolina defense and how it's slotted out, even if he's playing third pair minutes for you, I think he's really improving your team from that perspective. So I love the addition of Shane Goss bear for just a third round pick and let alone the fact that it was in 2026. To me, I, I think for a team that's been best in the NHL since January 11th, that they didn't really need to do a whole lot, but we'll talk more about the Carolina Hurricanes coming up in our inbox question of the day. Mike, I want to ask you about the teams that were definitive in selling. When you take a look at the St. Louis Blues, the Washington Capitals, the Nashville Predators, and some other teams that made a bold stance to say, we're not buyers, we're not in the mix, we're going to sell off as many pieces as we can, which team do you think the, did the best job reaping the rewards and, and bringing in as many assets as possible? Well, I was really impressed with the job that Brian McClellan did with the Washington Capitals, Frank. I mean, he gave up four pending UFAs, Dmitry Orlov, Garnett Hathaway, Lars Eller, Marcus Johansson. All four of them were over 30 years old. They didn't have a future with the team, it looked like at least on paper, trying to get extensions. So uh, in return, they managed to get two seconds, two thirds, and a first round pick out of Boston that they ended up flipping to get Rasmus Sandin from the Leafs. Now, a 23 year old defenseman coming into his own under team control, a $1.4 million contract next year for Sandin. He's been great so far for the Caps, five points in two games. He's going to get paid down the road, but they had to address their blue line. So they not only got picks, they also got a quality player in Sandin. Yeah, they had to give up a fifth round pick to Minnesota to help broker that deal with the Leafs. Um, to, to bring him in. But I thought McClellan did a really good job of setting the team up, not just with picks, but also with grabbing a defenseman that's going to help that team, presumably for a long time. Yeah, I, for me, it was the Sandine transaction where they lost me because I think they overpaid. If you look at the Leafs and what they were building toward with these playoffs and all of the defensemen that they were beginning to acquire, they kind of flipped them at the exact time that they went out and traded for Luke Shen and traded for Eric Gustafson and, you know, all the, like, so I don't know that Brian McClellan had a complete picture of exactly what was going on in Toronto with their back end, but what's pretty clear to me, Mike, is that 
the Leafs were expecting to make Rasmus Sandin a healthy scratch these playoffs. And so rather than broadcast to the rest of the league, this is a guy that may or may not be in our lineup come April and May. Well, let's trade him now for a first round pick and, and really capitalize on the value uh, of the asset at this exact moment in time. So had the caps waited, maybe they were able to get him this summer for a lot less of a price. Um, but to me, I have to tip my cap to Doug Armstrong and the St. Louis Blues. And it's they did a lot of the same things that you mentioned in terms of harvesting those assets. But to me, the reason St. Louis stands out is the quality of the assets. They end up with two additional first round picks, trading off Tarasenko, trading off Ryan O'Reilly. And the process that they went through to get there, I love that they did it early. They helped set the market. And now they have those two picks in their arsenal in what is supposed to be a historically deep draft class. And we'll talk a bit more about that coming up with Stephen Ellis in the next wave shortly. But the thing is, when you do that, you can make the picks if you want, but you can also go out and take those assets and flip them this summer to make your team better in the right here and now. We heard them flirting with, I don't know, whether it was Jacob Chicken or Timo Meyer, whichever guy was potentially available to try and help this team and be under team control for a while. I love the optionality that Doug Armstrong has now given himself with those picks. So we've been talking uh, teams that uh, are sort of on the fringes of the playoff race and, and want to talk about the Winnipeg Jets who have been scuffling of late, Mike, and the Nashville Predators. Because you look at the Preds, they're kind of just hanging tough even after that sell-off. Like, what about these teams that sell off a bunch of pieces? None of us picked the Preds in terms of an impressive deadline. But if you look at the return that they got for Jeannot and Ekholm and a bunch of other guys, not only are they armed with picks – and way better position for the future. But when you look at the standings, if they win their games in hand, they will be tied for the final wild card spot. So is it too early to count the Preds out? I think we all kind of just assume with this team that was selling that there's no chance they'd be able to back their way into the playoffs. What do you think? Yeah, I think the, I think the Preds are out, man. No matter how you look at it, the standings tell one story. But when you look at strength of schedule from here on out, um, you know, the Preds just played seven of their last 10 games against non-playoff teams and 14 of the remaining 21 are against teams that are in the playoffs. It's going to get a lot harder for them. It does help that they have games in hand, um, but you're also going to be depending on young talent. Can Tommy Novak continue to go above a point a game? Can Yossi and Duchesne carry to carry the mail uh, as the veterans? Can the young players like Glass continue to, to build up there? So they've always been goalie dependent in Nashville. I don't think that they're going to be able to get there. And especially when you compare up against the Jets, if that's a team that we think maybe has a chance of, of falling out, 10 of their last 18 games they play against or against non-playoff teams. There's an easier path there, and the Jets already are higher up in the standings. So I, I think the Preds are done, Frank, uh, barring a major winning streak here against really good teams. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I, I've never really looked at the Preds at any point this year and said, oh, this is a team that looks to be an authentic playoff team or has the goods to be able to get in, let alone after the moves that they made. But what is your level of concern for the Jets? I mean, it, they're holding down that final spot in these last six weeks have been a bit of a rocky road for a team mm -hmm. that was really at the top of the Central Division standings for the bulk of the year, and they've had a slide of late. What do you attribute that to? 
Well, it's it's kind of indicative of Rick Bonus teams. If you think the last couple of years in Dallas, you know, they'd be hot, okay, go cold. It was real streaky. They got to play defense in Winnipeg. Simple as that, man. Like last 10 games, they've allowed 38 goals against. Hellebuck's been pulled twice in his last four games. He's allowed 19 goals in those. He's also played back-to-back twice in the last two weeks, Frank. I think they're running Hellebuck hot. I'm not putting it all on him. You watch those goals the way they go in, backdoor tap-ins. Winnipeg hasn't been good enough defensively. But I think they got to let David Riddick play at least a couple times here, man. You got to let Hellebuck not go back to back as often. Try to save him for bigger games. And they got to tighten up in front of him, Frank. Man, 38 goals against in 10 games. That really paints a picture for you if you think about the Jets and where they've been and potentially where they're heading. Uh, That's certainly not going to be a recipe for success in the playoffs. I think we all look at that team and say, hey, Anytime you have a chance, anytime you have Connor Hellebuck in net, you have a chance to win a round or two. You could go on a deep run, but certainly need to play better defensively. So we were talking, and, and you basically put a, a, a fork in the Calgary Flames on Monday's show, but after the breakaway winner for Tyler Toffoli with 4.7 seconds left in Dallas on Monday night, have you changed your tune at all? Is there any chance that this was a season-saving goal uh, for the Calgary Flames? When, and you look at this play, just just beautiful on so many levels, from the pass to the shot, Toffoli certainly did not miss. No, he didn't. Great pass from Huberto. And I, I just, this team in Calgary doesn't change my mind a bit because it just comes down to mathematics for me. The Flames have 18 games left. And if it's going to take 95 points to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Western Conference, which I think it will, last year it took 97 points, the Flames have to accrue 26 points in those games. So they got to win two-thirds of the remaining and pick up some loser points here and there. Seattle and Edmonton are nine points ahead in the Pacific, so that's a pipe dream. It's a wild-card slot only. They're six points behind Winnipeg. And again, Winnipeg's got a pretty easy schedule from here on out. They should bounce back. Um, The one team, I mean, Nashville's got three games in hand, but then you're starting to get even murkier. So uh, is this game going to give the Flames some hope, Frank? Yeah, probably. They've had hope all year. They've been right at the edge. But the math is just really difficult for them, especially if they can't continue to score like this. It was only the second time since December 20th where Markstrom allowed more than three goals and picked up the win. They got to play better in front of them. Yeah, it's a 97-point pace that the uh the flames would need in order to get in because the jets are on pace for 96 and they hold the tiebreakers over calgary at the moment again there just there seems to be a consistency issue issue with these flames doesn't there like they have these moments Mm -hmm. all season long where they actually play pretty good and either they don't get the goaltending from jacob markstrom which most of the time has been the issue or they're just so mentally fragile that they have a lead in the third period and they find a way to cough it up. And that's been the story of their year. Well, they haven't really had an identity all season, which is crazy because Daryl Sutter's teams typically do. And they just haven't come together. Like, I don't think they're having a lot of fun in general, um, but that goes with winning. If they were winning, that would cure everything, Frank. And, you know, I still, we blame this on goaltending as much. And I still look at Kadri, who going into last night's game, 45 points in 63 games, Huberto, 40 points in 60. They haven't lived up to their contracts either. So there's been a lot of that going on in in Calgary uh, across the board. And I think they missed all, miss Oliver Shillington. They haven't had him all year. The depth on the defense hasn't been quite the same. I think he would have been a big difference maker for him. Yeah, it's been one of the underreported, under-talked-about stories of the year to this point is 
taking a top four defenseman from a team that was pretty good last year and having him sit on the sidelines in Sweden all year as he deals with a personal issue, just to put a bow on the, the playoff talk, which two teams do you end up think being the two wildcard teams? Whew, it's tough because I, I don't think Colorado is going to stick around in that slot. I do think Winnipeg could end up there. Um, you know, I, I think you're probably looking at Winnipeg uh, and in all likelihood, uh, Seattle eventually dropping down, I think, because I think Edmonton will slot into the top three in the Pacific. Yeah, totally agree. Those are the two teams that came to mind for me when looking at the current race in the Western Conference. The fun part is just over five weeks remaining in the NHL's regular season. Plenty of time for some change in that opinion as well. Let's get to the next wave this week with our guy, Stephen Ellis. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Pleased to be joined by our daily face off prospect analyst, Stephen Ellis, for this week's edition of The Next Wave. And Stephen, now that we're on the backside of the NHL trade deadline, the Connor Bedard race is certainly going to be heating up. We're going to keep our eye on the draft lottery standings, which you update every morning on dailyfaceoff.com. But I think from a pure draft perspective, as you get set to head overseas in a few weeks for the under-18 World Championships in Switzerland, is what does the race for number two look like behind Connor Bedard? Is it finally heating up? It definitely is. And uh, last week on uh, my prospect report, I looked at how Matvey Michkov had one of the best seasons we've kind of seen from an under-18 player in KHL history. Statistically, it was. And now he's going out there and playing against junior players again. Uh, and this is one where I'm very close to putting him number two in my rankings. I know he's not going to go number two, but this is someone who I think we were talking a lot about him being the best prospect to challenge Connor Bedard, obviously going out there and signing that long-term contract, uh, everything going on in Russia um, has kind of made those concerns a little different. But then you look at Adam Fantilli, who's kind of taken over that opportunity there. And and with Fantilli, it's he's having a season that rivals and probably could overtake what Jack Eichel was able to do. And Eichel, when he was a, a draft-eligible prospect, that was kind of the 
the gold standard of what a top prospect can do in the NCAA. Very few uh, prospects ever get drafted out of there just due to the age situation, but you see him there getting 56 points in 31 games. He missed some time due to, to illness, he missed some time due to the World Juniors, and it didn't seem to matter. He came right back and was the top scorer. Uh, there's some people thinking Leo Carlson, the way he's been doing uh, all the damage right now in Sweden. He did actually have to sit out a game because he slept in um, from a morning skate, but He's someone where the numbers he's putting up in Europe are better than what we saw from like Slavkowski last year. And you know that he went first overall. So this is a very, very talented number two. I, I think right now it's just, it's probably going to go to Fantilli. But I think if we're looking five, 10 years down the line, I think Mitchkov might be the second best player in this draft. It's funny you mentioned missing, uh, being late to a meal. I had a dream the other night that I missed the team bus. And this is like recurring for me. It's terrible. I wake up in a hot sweat every time it happens. Um, so, Stephen, tell us who rounds out your top five. Plenty of good choices on the board to choose from. Yeah, so if, if I'm going right now, it's Fantilli number two, Michkov number three, Lil Carson number four, but Zach Benson, someone who I've really become in love with this year, watching him play with the Winnipeg Ice and the WHL. And he's one of the few guys that can actually compete with Bedard on a skill and a point situation. And I don't think Benson needs to be as important uh, to his team as Bedard was this year because, you know, for as good as Bedard is, Regina's not the strongest team. So he's had to do a lot of that heavy lifting. With Benson, he's been able to play with guys like Savoy this year who've been very important. But I think if for Benson, at number five, this is someone where uh, from scouts I've talked to, a lot of them would have said maybe number two last year, maybe number two, number one, and a lot of other years. So if you're getting him at number five, and that means you just fell out of the top three, obviously, in the draft, and you're, you're disappointed, I think you're going to get a guy who just does so much offensively, is reliable defensively, and is just a very well-rounded player. It's just, you know, the competition ahead of him is just a little tougher. Steven, when you take a look at the rest of your top 10, uh, has anyone surprised you? Has there been a player that's rocketed up your board in the last number of weeks or months? Yeah, I'm going with Andrew Cristal from uh, Kelowna. And, you know, there's a lot of good players out there on that team. Um, but he's, I think the biggest concern with me at the beginning of the year was defensively, he was a disaster. And I'm not using the word disaster anymore, but I'm saying it's still not great. What he makes up for it, though, is all the offense and He's putting up great numbers. He's one of the top scoring players in the WHL. And I, I think just a lot of scouts just don't love what he can he does all the way from the puck. He looks like a pedestrian. It looks like he's just going out there, just burning carbs off instead of engaging the way he should. But you can't ignore a guy who's that good offensively. And I think, you know, part of the reason why he maybe isn't great defensively is because he hasn't had to play that role there. Um and that's something where I think the right coaching staff will get him out of there. But I have him at number six right now. I know a lot of people might think maybe not top 10, but I think this is someone who's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, you know who could use to burn some carbs off? This guy. So uh, well done, Stephen, in this week's edition of The Next Wave. Can't wait to talk more NHL draft in the next days and weeks ahead. It's so much happening and can't wait to see your reporting from Switzerland in just about a month's time. Thanks to Stephen for the next wave.
All right, Mike, time for our hashtag AskDFO inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter and our guy, Jeremiah, who's in and active on our chat on YouTube. If you're in there, please give us uh, a, a like and hit the subscribe button as well if you have not already. But from the sports beard, he says, are people sleeping on the Let's Go Canes? It sure feels like they could walk to the Eastern Conference Final. I am reading a lot of metrics that give them one of the highest percentages to win the cup. I totally agree. I was saying this, Mike, uh, on the DFO rundown on Monday. Everyone's all over the Canes. I love their philosophy to me, which was we're going to take a, a swing on one of the biggest fish in Timo Meyer, And after that, we don't see any real true difference makers here. We're not going to go wild spending our future assets for players that we don't think move the needle to make a trade just to make a trade. What do you think? Well, and you touched on it earlier. Ghost has been really good for them. Ghost despair, and hey, even Kakaniemi and Teravainen seem to have something going on between them. So the thing is, if you're talking about them walking to the Eastern Conference Final, man, I don't know because the Devils are only two points behind. Okay, and I mean, it's probably an easier path than say Boston because Boston's going to eventually have to go through either Toronto or Tampa. I rather play against the Rangers or the Devils, frankly, than either of those clubs. But I agree with you on the ethos of the Hurricanes, man. This team has played to an identity all year long for Rod Brindamore for several years now. They come in waves. If you ask players who they're scared of, they'll say the Hurricanes because I think they realize how difficult they are to play it against night in and night out. Yeah, I think people are just sleeping on some of the players on that team. You mentioned Kotkin Yemi. His last six weeks have been some of the best six weeks of his career. Yeah. I was at Stadium Series talking to guys from the Canes, and they were saying it's unbelievable the strides that this guy has made in his game. And if he continues to play like this, he's going to be a force. I just don't know that everyone around the league has necessarily been paying that close attention. So thank you to Jeremiah for the question. Uh, love that you're active in our chat today as well. Uh, that brings us to our points bet daily bet segment with our guy, Tyler Uramchuk. Tyler, how'd you do last night? Not great, Frank. Uh, it was not not a good start to March, but we'll look to keep it rolling. We were profitable in February. There's still a lot of days to go in this month, so let's see uh, what we can get rolling tonight. It is a decent slate in the NHL, and I got three plays courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. I like the Tampa Bay Lightning in that top matchup, and I'm taking them on the puck line. They have been struggling as of late. That is no secret. And yeah, they'll be without Victor Hedman, but they are likely starting Andre Vasilevsky, according to dailyphaseup.com. They are at home, and they are taking on a Philadelphia Flyers team that has just two wins in their last 10 games. It's a bounce-back spot for the Bolts, and even though minus 121 isn't a great puck line price, I still think this is a decent spot. Uh, that matchup at the bottom, Vegas, they are road dogs at plus 130 in Florida, and I just don't think this game is set right. I think this should be way closer to a pick'em or... The Golden Knights, who've won seven of their last 10 and are currently on a three-game heater, they should probably be favorites. So I'm all over Vegas at plus 130. Florida, 17 and 13 at home this year. That's solid. Okay, well, Vegas is 17 and 11 on the road this year. So those kind of cancel each other out. Florida's five and five in their last 10. I like Vegas at a very good plus 130 price tag. And for my player prop tonight, I'm going back to that Tampa-Philly matchup. I'm taking Nikita Kucherov's shot prop here. You're getting in at minus 105 on the over, but this is hit in four of his last five games. He had four in his last game, even though the team as a whole only had 14. 
Nikita Kucherov had almost 33% of the Tampa Bay Lightning's entire shots on goal in the game. I like him to hit this three and a half mark again tonight as they take on a Flyers team that gives up shots on goal. So Kucherov shot prop, bolts on the puck line, Vegas as road dogs are my three plays today. And Frank, quickly, we have a listener in the chat from Slovakia. So uh, shout out to Slovakia as well. It's uh, a lot of different areas covered in our YouTube chat. Yeah, I love it. We seem to cover the entire hockey world from Alaska to Slovakia. So certainly love to have everyone uh, sliding into the chat as well. Like I said, if you uh, if you enjoy the show, give us a subscribe as well. That brings us to Garbage Time with Mike McKenna. Mike, what's caught your attention? What's caught your eye from around the hockey world? I just got a big kick out of watching Brady Kachuk and the Ottawa Senators last night. It didn't go their way on the scoreboard against the Chicago Blackhawks down 5 nothing late in the game. But boy, did Brady send a message. Look at this. He's giving old Alex Stalock, giving him a big number out there saying, come on, let's do this. And I don't know whether it was actually going to happen or not, but here's a captain of your team with a bunch of passion. And that matters, man, because I think Ottawa's got a feeling that something special is going on there. I wouldn't want to see him break his wrist on the glass here, but it did remind me of... My old Pee Wee Quebec coach here in St. Louis, Missouri, was a man by the name of John Wensink. And if anybody in NHL circles remembers John oh, yeah. Wensink, here he is. Big old brawl against the Minnesota North Stars. Huge afro on Wensink. And ironically, he told me to cut my hair as a Pee Wee Quebec, and you'll get the hair he had. But uh, watch him skate up to the Minnesota bench. Puts him down, challenges everybody. No takers whatsoever. Um, John Wensink was a really important person in, in my career and so many people in St. Louis. He was one of the coaches who didn't have any skin in the game, didn't have a kid playing, but he loved the sport so much. He helped out a lot of the younger players in town. And I think Brady and everyone else would say that uh, Wensink, who we all call Wire around St. Louis, is a pretty unbelievable guy. And uh, this moment just had a little bit of similarity to it for me. Yeah, no kidding. And also Brady, of course, from St. Louis. So the dots all align. You've connected them all for us. Love this quip, clip and uh, certainly uh, from NHL history as well. John Wensink, uh, that will go down as stuff of legend. Just wish we had someone from Minnesota take him up on it. That would have been even more fun. What a clip <laughs> that would have been. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back with you 12 noon Eastern on Wednesday. You know where to find us. Until then... Enjoy the games, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.